0: Welcome to another edition of Easy Jazz Spotlight. In the spotlight today is Mississauga award winning jazz vocalist, producer, and composer Heather Christine. Heather, who originally did not appreciate her own talent, talks to host Ken Boyd about playing the roles of Karen Carpenter and Patsy Klein in musical theater, learning to play the drums and becoming a virtual music coach and teacher during the pandemic. Heather believes that singing can be good for our health. In the interview, she also reveals that her great-grandfather was a jazz musician who knew and played with jazz legends, including Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, and Dizzy Gillespie. Now, here's Ken.
1: I acknowledge that I live, work, and play on the traditional and unceded territory of Coast Salish peoples, in particular the Coquitlam and Kikite. Heather Christine is an award-winning vocalist, composer, entertainer, and budding producer from Mississauga, Ontario. Her dynamic stage presence and soulful voice has led to her stages all over Canada, singing live for audiences as large as 25,000 plus. She has performed at numerous festivals, as a recording artist, Heather Christine's original sound is a fusion of jazz man with elements of RB and pop, and I agree with that. Heather's 2019 debut release, Love and Color, which I want to talk about, garnered international attention. And within the first month of its release, Love and Color rose to number one on the Spanish radio show Smooth Jazz 99.2 FM in Barcelona, featuring many of her original compositions uh welcome to the jazz spotlight heather
2: i'm thrilled to be here
1: good to see you um so let's start at the beginning where did it all start for you this music career
2: ah well as a child i loved to sing and that was always my escape and i played a lot of piano so i'm very lucky that i was born into a family of parents that really supported that and nurtured this creative expression that I had. my mother said to me as a child, she's like, you were so emotional and you were so creative. So from the get-go, I think I was blessed that I could feel that my purpose was aligned uh with the arts. So I've had a, a career, I've been singing professionally since I was 15 years old, singing at Canada's Wonderland, the big theme park. And uh so performing through the, through then and I've, you know, danced in Films and done television and musical theater and worked in community arts, giving back to the community for many years. And then, you know, uh, as my life progressed, I got married to uh, a professional musician, Matt, my husband, Matt Zaddy. So the more that we, you know, got together, performance opportunities kept coming and I kept going further and deeper into my artistic calling. And I was able to quit my job a few years ago. So two years ago, I'm celebrating my. A musical entrepreneurship anniversary so i'm really lucky that i'm able to do this full time uh, and uh you know meet some wonderful people and amazing mentors along the way
1: fantastic we'll talk about some of that right now uh love and color received airplane canada of course and in the setup you say that you were inspired by your community do you want to explain that
2: yes absolutely so i live in mississauga which is Canada's sixth largest city. And we have a very, very multicultural, very, very engaged and interconnected art scene. So I worked for many years in my early 20s as the communications coordinator for the Mississauga Arts Council. And this was an incredible position for me to work with so many incredible artists. And I was able to meet people like Liberty Silver, who was Canada's first black woman to ever win a Juno award. Rob Tardick, another uh, jazz artist. Don write up some really uh, great people. And it was through those interactions one-on-one that I learned so many important life skills uh, for musicians. And then uh, further as you know, my career progressed, I worked for the city of Mississauga, booking many acts at our MetaVille Theatre uh, venue. So that was an amazing opportunity to actually learn how to do outreach and to book different uh, shows for adult audiences, senior audiences, work with seniors, uh, uh, sponsors in the community. So. Along this path, I've been learning from so many different people and I think it's through those personal connections that I've been able to live my dream and become a full-time musician and educator to young girls, young women, and now producer of professional jazz concerts for up-and-coming female artists, which I'm thrilled about. Of course, yes.
1: You're also a songwriter. You collaborate with other songwriters as well. Uh, when did you start writing your own
2: music? I started writing my own music when I had a very big crush when I was working at Canada's Wonderland on Nick Cordero. So Nick Cordero was an amazing uh artist and he went on to become a Hollywood actor a leading man on Broadway in many different shows and he was 21 I was only 15 years old but he had his own band and he was writing songs and he was so cool and we were doing all these duets and I remember him saying to me like do you write songs and let me hear you scat girl come on so I think that I you know I was I was enamored so I actually started writing my own songs and I think I gave him like a mixtape but through throughout my life writing has been such a great way for me to process my life journey and to make sense of life and it was just been a natural uh, escape for me and a natural like extension of my artistry but i think that when i was younger you know i went through a lot of rejection early on as a musical theater performer and actor and i never really valued my songs so i i had many pieces i never really thought twice about but only now kind of later in my life that people are starting to notice my uh songs and listen to them more seriously, That I'm like, wow, I actually was good all along, but I didn't really uh, value myself. So that's the deeper uh, lesson that's coming for me. And it's a a lesson I think that's important about, you know, using our voices and supporting each other. So I'm happy to help other uh, women educators, women women performers that are on the same journey as me.
1: Right. Um, Your first album, most of the songs, I think were written by you. I told you before we started recording, and I'm being honest about this. I'm listening to your music, and your music goes from my ears to my heart. And I think of the song "Blessed" by you. Was that written in particular to your husband or for anybody?
2: Yeah, that was. So, uh, you know, I went through a lot of different relationships um, in my life, and was a single woman living on my own for many years in my 20s and whatnot. And so, just meeting my husband was such an amazing oh, journey. And How did you I mean? I wrote that song for our wedding day, and I wrote it with a great artist named Eddie Ryder, who's actually the right hand man for Shawn Mendes. Ah, Interestingly awesome. enough, yeah, so he tours with him. But this is before Shawn snagged him. Uh, Eddie Ryder came over, and we did a session in my house and wrote the song together. So I wrote, the, I sang that for my husband on our wedding day, and we're getting ready to celebrate our seventh year anniversary. So thank you, seven year itch for making it through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how did you meet on the road or in the music business or how did you meet?
2: Uh, yeah, I was singing in a gypsy band in my 20s with a, a fellow performer named Julia Juhas. It's also my one of my best friends and she's a Hungarian girl. So we were doing a lot of like R&B and pop and kind of wild things and we needed a, a guitarist. So our first call, we didn't know Matt then, was to uh, Dave Barnes, who's a great uh a musician out here in the Toronto area. and He plays with a Bywater Call. They're an award-winning like blues act, really, really big in in our community. And he couldn't do the 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 booking for us, so he recommended this guy named Matt Zadkovich. And I can still remember the rehearsal where I first laid eyes on my husband, and he was like loading all his guitars from his car, kind of a thing. And I was like, who is that? but we both were living with people at that time and in different relationships. So we didn't connect until two years later, we got set up on a blind date and we were ready to meet this blind date person. And we walked in the room and we said, Hey, I already know you. (laughs) Yeah, so it's wonderful to make music with my husband and he's more of a folk rock artist uh, and a wonderful business guy. He works really, really hard. So it's lovely to work with him and then do our own separate projects as well.
1: Yeah. You were trained at the Royal Conservatory of Music. How was that experience? How did it help you launch your career? What do you think?
2: Oh, well, it gave me the foundations and such. It nurtured my love of music. And I was so lucky to be uh, educated by a professional Broadway artist. So my vocal coach was a lady named Eleanor Calvez. And she performed on Broadway in the 1960s. She was cast by Rodgers and Hammerstein themselves to perform in the debut cast of The King and I. And she uh, was cast in the role of Liot, which was... A, a silent uh, character, but Rogers and Hammerstein loved my teacher's voice so much that they wrote a song for her to sing. So it was incredible to be educated by a woman who, you know, had seen Barbra Streisand live. She'd sung for Maria Callas. She'd sung with all the big people, the big names, and she performed over in uh, Europe and all the big opera opera palaces or opera houses, excuse me. So working with Eleanor and uh, being trained first and foremost as a classical singer was great because it caught, taught me proper technique, understanding of music theory, and really uh, healthy vocal practices, which really served me to this day. So I'm so grateful for that.
1: Fantastic. You
2: also are a
1: seasoned theatrical performer. Performing as leading ladies, Karen Carpenter, Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, and Bill Culp's Mainstage Musical Productions. And you've also appeared in many professional theatrical productions. Tell us about some of those, that experience. Oh,
2: yeah. So I definitely paid my dues uh, for many, many years. So I, I was performing in tribute shows, which was an amazing opportunity to really learn from amazing professional players and to tour the network of uh you know, what What used to be vaudeville theaters in Ontario. So we traveled all up into the boonies and up into all these different uh, rural communities performing the music of Patsy Cline and Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton. So I did that for many years and it went over really well. And the music of Patsy Cline is still selling out. Like a lot of those little theaters we would sell out the shows. And what a great way to learn from the great repertoire of Patsy Cline and Karen Carpenter. Um, but doing these shows and interacting live with the audience and seeing how the music still resonates so powerfully with audiences. And you mentioned the heart The heart before, both Patsy Cline and Karen Carpenter were two women that it was no bullshit. It was just coming straight from the heart. So singing with uh, the music of Patsy Cline, opened up the opportunity for me to be uh, in a new musical, which was called Only Yesterday, The Music of the Carpenters. Mm. And I toured as Karen Carpenter for about two years, uh, all through those different theatres. But the music of the Carpenters is challenging. And our audiences were younger uh, than the Patsy Cline audiences. So that was a tough gig. And I was singing about 28 songs, the whole show, playing the drums. And Karen Carpenter was a a really good drummer. Like people didn't, a lot of professional drummers will say she was really, really, really good. And I don't think given as much credit as she deserved so learning from her repertoire and singing those complex like seventh harmonies and diminished chords and all those different things that what was happening um in the band with the with the vocal arrangements for those songs it was a really really good learning opportunity it was a little difficult for me to sing the music of karen carpenter uh because of course at the time i was cast in that show i was the same age that she was when she passed Mm -hmm. and i'm not like I don't really think of myself as an actor these days, but I know that singing the repertoire, I would feel it so deeply that it was difficult for me. It was it was very sad to sing her music, but I think she was an amazing woman and I'm so grateful I had that opportunity. And I always said to my friends that I always felt like if Karen could meet me and if she could give me some advice, she would say to me, girl, sing your own songs. <laughs> so that yeah. Did really- Did you learn to play kind of- drums?
1: for the show or did you learn the drums before the show because i know you played i had to piano. learn,
2: I had to learn the, the drums for the show and Good the goodness. director was like it was only a few songs but the director was like a great guy named bill Culp, and he was like i really want you to do this it's important for the show that you sit in with the band you're on stage all you know all show you're playing a little bit of hand percussion other songs and i would do it and i, I trained with a drummer here in toronto to prepare for it and i remember doing this at like beautiful venues, you know, the Aeolian Hall in London and saying, oh my God, this is an out of body experience. And I'm playing drums. So That's hopefully great. I can, you know, I still play hand percussion uh, and different little things with my husband when we're in our duo, but I definitely would love to drum again one day. And it was a great, great example of how Karen Carpenter was not only a talented leading lady, but she was a band leader and she deeply understood music theory, musicianship. She played the drums. So I think it's important for vocalists, you know, to have an understanding of what's happening in the music so they could put words to, you know, different things that are happening musically. So that was a really, really good learning opportunity.
1: Yeah, I played a lot of her music in my radio career. And uh, I remember my dad, his favorite album was Patsy Cline's Greatest Hits. And he would to say to me, Kenny, put on that album. And I put on that Patsy Cline thing, you know. She was brilliant. I mean, these ladies were monsters, giants in the biz, right? These were. They were. They were. It's good for you. That's great. Hey, let's go back three generations. Let's talk about your great grandfather, Jimmy Kerr.
2: Yes. So my great grandfather, it's going to be his birthday. I'm like the fifth. So it's coming up. So I'm thinking about him. And I never had the opportunity to meet him, but he was a professional, a jazz musician, big band leader, arranger. His name was Jimmy Kerr, and he was born in Motherwell, Scotland. And he had his own radio show during World War II for the American Forces Network. Uh, The legend is that he was a soloist on a ship as a young man and he taught himself how to play the clarinet and the saxophone and uh, basically after World War II, he went over to New York City and he used to sit in for Charlie Parker, who was the legendary sax player And and they would play at many of the jazz nightclubs together. And my great grandfather also uh, played with Charlie Ventura and his trio at the Three Deuces uh, legendary nightclub. And he played with Miles Davis, Max Roach, Dizzy Gillespie, and I have so many of uh, uh, signed photographs and paraphernalia from his days and photos yeah. of him jazz legends so i love to think of him in my work and i gain a lot of inspiration trying to reinterpret songs that he did and you know whenever i think to myself oh can i do this i think to myself you know my great-grandfather he was a band leader he was an orchestra leader he did it so it's in the genes so go for it girl you know
1: yeah that's fantastic i'm glad you talked about him really uh,
2: yeah, thank I you
1: giants uh, my last guest actually uh, june garber um Didn't know it. But her father passed away when he was. She was only three. But later in life, she realized and learned that he was a jazz drummer. Oh, it, like you. It's her hereditary. It's in the blood. You know.
2: Oh. It gave me. June, pause. And, and
1: you did too when I read about your great grandpa. I'm like, wow. I know. Right.
2: Amazing. And June is such a legend in Toronto. We we no longer have her in Toronto. She moved to Australia, I believe. But so I she's, to her friend, yeah. Oh that, that's how I found out about Easy Jazz FM because I love to follow her on social media and celebrate her accomplishments so I was like oh Easy Jazz FM so that's how this connection is all through June
1: <laughs> Yeah she's sweet uh, uh let's talk about the song Walking With You released last month tell us about that
2: Yeah so it's a song that I composed during uh the pandemic uh my husband and I of course we're uh, we, we, you know, we work from home. We're entrepreneurs. But at that time, it was scary, you know, because we had all kinds of bookings and we were supposed to be doing our St. Patrick's Day show uh, live in different theaters. So we lost all of that work and we're both full time. So it was a bit of a scary time. But my husband is such an amazing um you know, he just evolves with things really well. And he learned how to use all of the equipment, taught me how to do it. So we were able to do really good, a pretty good quality live streams from home. But our escape during that time was just going for walks every day, getting that fresh air. And I, when I would go for walks with him, I would feel my creative, you know, juices being reignited. And it just gave me that, that you know, inspiration that I needed to get me through that time. So I think, honestly, the melody just came to me on a walk with my husband, and uh, as the years passed, I had this melody that was strong in my head, and I just really wanted to record it. It's a really good feel-good song, and to me, it kind of pays tribute to some of the legendary jazz vocalists, different crooners that I grew up listening to, like people like uh, you know Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, Tony Bennett, um, so that that's the real uh, inspiration behind the song. And while I was hosting an on air, uh, show for the community, uh, throughout, throughout the pandemic, I hosted a show called Arts Cafe, which featured performances by eight local artists every week. I mentioned Bill King, who's a producer and pianist in Toronto that I look up to, and the producer of the show heard me talking about Bill and said, let's get Bill King on the show so i said oh i can't i can't reach out to bill like bill king produced like sophie millman and all these amazing people bill king used to produce janice joplin the rock legend and linda ronstadt oh love the, her right? right and the pointer sisters you know so many people i admire. but the producer said go for it let's see if we can bring them on the show so i reached out to him and What do you know? In a minute, Bill was like, yes, of course I'll do that. Oh my God. So we get this legend on the show and I was able to interview him and we had live questions from some of our younger artists happening while he was on the program. And through that, we kind of connected and and we've been working together one-on-one on different songs and arrangements. So I thought I'd ask him to produce the new single Walking With You. And that little dream came true and it was just been an amazing opportunity to work with him bill is 75 years old and still so engaged and so active and very inspirational working with many different artists he hosts his own radio show the bill king show on uh ckln i think it is in toronto anyway just an amazing person he's given me so much inspiration and he's been a a really lovely uh supporter of lifelong learning you know like says it's like he told me he went back to school for journalism and midlife or whatever so he's been a really lovely person to kind of look up to and to learn some great tricks from
1: great released last month here is Walking
3: with you it's a new day it's a new dawn it's a new world and i live it with you life is wonderful when I'm walking with you, 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 you. Maybe good news or some real blues, but what stays true? I'm loving you, life is wonderful. When I'm walking with you. The days pass and the nights roll Come what may, we will be moving along Life is beautiful when I'm walking with you Night's roll. Come with me.
1: christine is in our jazz spotlight um you're also an educator so what recent trends in music training or education do you like the most how do you uh teach what do you teach that kind of thing talk to us about that
2: sure well teaching really came for me it wasn't something that i was planning on doing doing just throughout the pandemic people started reaching out to me and saying can i take one-on-one lessons with you so i started to teach digitally and it just kind of Blossom. I don't even know, but I know that singing has so many health benefits. So, you know, studies have shown that singing helps to release endorphins and feel good chemicals. It helps to express ourselves as human beings. So I know that it just I started to get more and more students and encouraging different people in the community to use their voices. So we were uh, working primarily through Zoom, and I started hosting online concerts for people to perform. And we'd have, you know, parents and friends joining on for these online, you know, musical evenings. So really, some of the online things I like, I know there's to teach theory, that's the thing I'm always trying to get my singers to learn theory because sometimes you get a bad rap as a singer and music. They call, you know, they might say, uh, oh, singers don't know theory, you don't know musicianship. So I'm always like, you gotta know your notes, you've got to be able to read music so that you can work with the band. So I there's a thing called body, oh, I forget, I think it's like body rhythm or something. And basically it's almost like a, a uh, like a, a video game that you go online and it's a song that has musical notation. So the kids can actually like, slap along and play along. And while you're doing that, you're also learning how to read the musical notes. So I think that's a really kind of cool trend for learning music theory. And personally, I know that lifelong learning is important Uh, to me so I've been working with different mentors along the way so I've been working with Bill King you know he's been teaching me arrangements uh you know how to arrange and and helping me also as a band leader because that's a new area of growth that uh, it's coming to me uh to help produce shows and that I've created and different featured um performances different summer concert series so you're not being afraid to take on the reins and to be band leader and call the shots you know which is not my You
1: talked about, you know, during the pandemic, for a lot of us, it did open our world up in terms of online, of course, right, working remotely. So listening to you today, how many opportunities you created with your husband uh, and on your own to educate, teach, be a mentor, uh, you know, produce, write music, all this positive experiences from that situation.
2: Oh yeah, it, they they really came to the fore like to the forefront for us, and I feel like it really came down to the nitty gritty. Like my passion for music is the thing that just carried it because people were looking for that kind of um, like um, they were looking for that. Excuse me, I, I'm trying to say this. Like they were looking for that entertainment and also education. So. I just feel like, wow, it was just an amazing opportunity for us to help to use our skills like we'd never have. And there wasn't time to kind of like second guess ourselves. Like the day the pandemic happened, I think it was like right around the time for us when we when all that we were sent home from work and stuff was right around St. Patrick's Day and like the day before we got a call from one of the big theaters, uh, the Rose Theater in Brampton. And they're like, can you please do a live online St. Patrick's Day show for our Audience, and we were like, okay, let's do it. So, before you know it, we were doing it with just a cell phone and like some lights here in the house, but it was like, go. And then I think once people in the community and in the industry saw that we were able to do kind of interactive streams and concerts, that's when we started to get the calls. And then it was through uh, this experience and then picking up vocal students that I just couldn't handle the workload with my regular day job. So, it was really weird that like. I had to be grateful because I'm like this unfortunate situation. It's been so hard for the world, but in a weird way, it made me a full-time musician. So I'm grateful that it gave me that kick in the butt uh, just to really dedicate my myself to the thing that I love and to give back as much as I could.
1: And it sounds like you make learning fun, which is all really a big deal, right?
2: I try the very best I can, and of course, I'm always trying to get better with my accounting now, and, and that's a little challenging for me, but, you know, <laughs> I'm working on it.
1: You know, speaking of fun, you know, um, I love your wartime 40s costumes outfits. I saw your videos. Was that your idea?
2: You know, uh, I think that what happened was we were hired a few years ago. We've got a really cool uh, venue in Mississauga called the Small Arms small arms facility and that used to be a factory where women during world war ii made like world war ii ammunition and they made guns and different things so i was hired a few years back by our historical society to actually create a show that was like a you know paying tribute to those grand ladies that worked there so that's kind of how that happened and i was able to sing a lot of jazz and standards and big band songs so i did that once and then you know i think another A theater venue in Brampton found out, so they hired me to do that. And I also do a lot of performing during the day for seniors at different senior facilities, which I love. I love to sing for my seniors, and I sing for the World War II veterans about once a month uh, at Toronto Hospital. So I love to, you know, get up, get dressed up in the vintage uh, regalia and to pay tribute to uh, the great people from that era.
1: Right. I really love it. Uh, my dad was a, a soldier in World War II, married my mom, uh, you know, a war bride. She made ships compasses in England during the war. So when I saw that video, it really struck I'm associated with that, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally. Very sweet. I liked it. I'm um, to ask you a question before we get into our sentence completion and wrap today. Uh, tell us about one of your proudest moments in your life, either professionally or personally.
2: Oh, proudest moments in my life. No, sure. Oh, well, I think probably uh, professionally that would be Singing Go Canada for 25,000 people, live at Celebration Square in Mississauga like when there's that many people, it's just an out of body experience. And it's at those moments where you're really singing for Canada. You're really singing for the spirit of the people that have just so much gratitude to live in this country. And in those moments, I think about my great grandparents that came from Europe to live here. And I really try as much to step into my power and to pay tribute to Canada. And uh, of, of course, I was singing before our wonderful mayor Bonnie Crombie was getting up to speak. So I think that is probably takes the cake at this point for one of my proudest uh, accomplishments professionally. Good for and you. yeah. Good for you.
1: So what's next for Heather Christine?
2: So next, well, I am producing a show that I created live at the Oakville Center for the Performing Arts on Friday, October the sixth. And it's a show featuring our wonderful star mentor, one of Canada's top soul R&B singers, Miss Liberty Silver. Wow. And she was the very first artist I mentioned before in Canada to uh the first black woman, the first black artist to ever win a Juno Award. And she opened for Bob Marley when she was a young lady at uh in New York City. And she's been an incredible source of inspiration and a very um active member of the arts community in the region of Peel which is where I live Mm -hmm. so she's going to be starring in a concert with myself and three other emerging jazz vocalists and the show is called Isn't She Lovely so it's a an evening celebrating jazz and life journeys we're going to have a live Q&A with Liberty Silver with our audience So it's celebrating women, it's celebrating music, it's celebrating community. And it's for me, it's more than just music, it's celebrating our journeys and the power of music, because I feel that, that music connects with everybody. It doesn't matter if you are into jazz or you're into country or whatever, you don't have to be professional music belongs to everybody music belongs to humanity and liberty is somebody who's had a challenging life she's overcome many different obstacles she's been a mother a grandmother so we do a little bit of q a with people in the audience and it always we did it once before and it sold out it was just a really powerful evening we're also celebrating our women in jazz uh, who include denise leslie who's a wonderful jazz vocalist Kat Bernardi, who's a great, she just had a a new single herself and a wonderful Latina singer songwriter named uh, Carla Gonzalez Casanova. And we're all women at different stages in our life and our creative journey. I know Denise Leslie raised three children. They're gone off to university. And now at this point in her life, she's making her own uh, dreams of a music career come true, which I think speaks to people beyond music. You know, that's a great life, Life story, and I look up to this woman uh, very much. And we have Kat Bernardi that just had her first little baby, and she's back out there and doing big shows and releasing music. And of course, Carla Gonzalez, who's one of our our busiest Latina uh, singers here in the GTA. So it's a wonderful night of women coming together, celebrating our our journeys
1: and using our voices. Fantastic! I'm sure it'll be a big success. Before we go today. Sentence completion. I'm going to start the sentence. I want you to finish without thinking too much. Just whatever comes to mind. Ready? And I always appreciated my knack for. Connecting with people. Beautiful. A positive belief I hold to be true is.
2: Good always overcomes evil.
1: Wonderful. And finally, my home shows that I'm very.
2: Loving. (laughs)
1: thanks for your time today keep smiling thanks for being in our jazz spotlight heather christine
2: thank you ken
0: this has been another edition of easy jazz spotlight be sure to join us next time